You are listening to a message from Canby Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. Up here, um, on the other side of the plastic plexiglass, I don't know what this is, shield, uh, this morning. Uh, I don't have announcements for you guys this morning, though, just a sermon, so... Um, good morning to everyone uh, out in the patio. I'm pointing back because that's where you guys are, I guess. Um, miss you. I usually hang out there on the patio, and so that's fun. I get to be in here this morning. This is like the first time I think I've been in the sanctuary for a service since probably the last time I spoke, which was way back in May. Um, good morning to everyone also who's watching online or like good afternoon, good evening. I don't know whenever you're watching this, um, but we're glad that you're choosing to watch it whenever it is. If it's Wednesday and you're watching this, good for you. Um, <laughs> this is such a funny situation to be, that we're kind of just stuck in right now. And that stuck is a good word, but we're just kind of been here for like the last six months. And I know that because I've been working here for six months, and I started working here uh, literally the week after everything shut down uh, and across the whole world. So uh, it's been a fun six months, I'll tell you that. Um, but you know what I think God can do, does do unexpected things uh, on purpose sometimes. Things that even the most people, the people who are closest to him, uh, spiritually, relationship, probably didn't, don't see coming. Um, and God can do and will do unexpected things in unexpected ways. Like it's just, he's gonna, he's gonna surprise us. Uh, it's important for us to remember that, and it's just another unexpected situation that God can use to do something extraordinarily unexpected that we're in right now. Um, and we can expect that, Right? Um, but like Ron said, it's Labor Day weekend. It's a good, it's a good weekend because we get an extra day off work, most of us, tomorrow. Um, and this, across the, the whole country, is kind of known throughout churches as um, National you know, Youth Pastor Speaking Day. Because um, usually the, the senior pastor would take the weekend off and go away. But he's good for him. He's actually just sitting right here in the front row. Um, but so in true form with that, Ron asked me to speak, and I'm actually really excited about it. Um, if you don't know me, like Ron said, I'm the Next Gen Ministries pastor here. I get to do a lot of stuff. This is my family. Uh, they're super adorable, um, and Liam gets all his good looks from his mother, uh, and that's my wife, Sabrina, and our son, Liam. He just turned three in July. Uh, anytime I get to show off how great my family is, I do. So I actually did this on Wednesday night with our students, too, and they've already seen pictures with them and stuff like that. But I was like, hey, here's Serena and Liam again, in case you didn't know just how great they are. Um, but this is us. We are so blessed to be here. We love being here. It's been a lot of fun to be here for the last six months. And so um, if you have not met me yet, though, please, I'd love to meet you. Um, I'm a very extroverted person. And if I have already met you and I don't act like I've met you, please forgive me. I'm just really bad with names. Um, I don't know why God made someone who's so bad with names a pastor, but he does unexpected things, so whatever. Um, um, but I'll, I mean well, I promise, and I'll do my best. If you have met me and I don't remember you, I apologize in advance. But I'd love to meet you if you haven't met me yet. Um, but today we're going to be taking kind of a small break from First and Second Peter and Steadfast, still kind of talking on the topic of Steadfast, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we've been in First Peter for a while now. Let's, let's just kind of cleanse our palate a little bit. Um, we're going to be wrapping up First Peter next week with Pastor Ron, but today we're going to be talking— uh, I'm going to jump around a lot, but I'm going to sit and we're going to really read first off out of Joshua chapter 3 and talking about how we can be steadfast and how we can be committed uh, to some really important things in a very unexpected season. Um, so uh, my main thing for this morning, though, if you're, uh, 
you know, if you're wanting to hear up front what we're going to be diving into this morning, it is this. My main thing would be to keep God in front of you, follow him, and have faith he's leading you in the right direction. So continue to keep God in front of you, have faith that, he's, that when you follow him, that he's going to be leading you in the right direction, because he will be. He really will be. Um, God always goes before us, and we can have faith that when we, where we choose to follow him uh, is, the, in fact, the right direction for us to go. Uh, so if you have your Bibles with you today, uh, or just if you have any kind of electronic device nowadays that can search Bible Gateway, uh, you can search Joshua chapter 3. And allow me to set the stage here really quick for the context of what's happening in Joshua chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 4, but in uh, Joshua chapter 1, we have Joshua, you know, taking over uh, as the leader of the people of Israel. We have all the be strong and courageouses that happen in Joshua chapter 1, where God's encouraging Joshua as this new leader, <clears throat> and then he, he, he takes that mantle of leadership, and he walks in it, and he makes all these great decisions. He sends spies out in front of him. In Joshua chapter 2, we have the spies who uh, visit the city and are hidden by Rahab, and all that, that awesome, cool story of how God worked through them. And then we arrive at Joshua chapter 3, where the Israelites are about to enter the promised land. It's finally here. We've gone through, you know, all the whole exodus, we've, they've wandered for 40 years, they've gone through all this stuff, and they're finally at the Jordan River about to cross over. Like everything for like the last 40 years has come to this point um, for God's chosen people. And as they're getting ready to cross over, this is what God says to the people and through Joshua and to Joshua. In verse 4 it says, um, then, and this is God talking, then you will know which way to go. Or Joshua talking to the people, sorry. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And I'll set the context for that. Like, you weren't allowed to go next to the ark back in the day because you would probably just drop dead um, because it was consecrated and it was super holy and all that good stuff like that. Luckily, now that Jesus has came and died for our sins, we have a lot more access to God than people used to. But this verse uh, though it was written to tell the story of God's chosen people, crossing the Jordan has so much significance and power for us just as much as it did for them thousands of years ago. When I was praying about this message, God showed me these words specifically, and they, it kind of just blew my mind, and it really helped me see <clears throat> clearly just what God is doing right now. And that the words are, Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. You have never been this way before. And I can honestly say in I'm 29, uh, my 29 years, I've never experienced anything like I'm experiencing or that we're experiencing in the world today. Um, and I, I mean, I'm a pretty big history buff. And most of the, like, the world hasn't seen this type of an instance too many times. Um, especially with everything being so shut down, like early in March and April and May and how we were, like, don't leave your house or you could literally die. That was really shocking to hear as a, as a young guy like me and my, my family. And I'm thinking, oh, what about our almost three-year-old son? Like, can he even, like, leave the house? We bought a play set and put it in our backyard because, like, he needs somewhere to play. We can't even go to a playground. Um, and God was, was just saying through this message and through these words when I was reading them, it's like, Ryan, and for the church, is just to know that um, you will know which way to go as long as you are looking to God and you are following him. You've never been this way before but continue to keep your eyes on God, and then you will know which way to go. We are living in times that we have never experienced. The most important thing we can do is just to look to God and trust that when we follow him, it's the right direction. 
Um, there used to be those bracelets we always used to wear, uh, at least when I was a kid, that said WWJD on them. What would Jesus do? And uh, we'd wear them on our wrists as young kids to like remind us like when we wanted to do something we probably shouldn't be doing or got in a fight at school or something weird like that. We'd be like, oh no, Jesus wouldn't do this. What would Jesus do? He'd love people. Um, what would Jesus do, church? When in doubt, just remember, what would Jesus do? Um, and so we are in a season of unknown. Um, and for those young families out there who have kids, like just like in Frozen 2, um, we, just, we are unknown and we don't know what's going on. And if you've never seen Frozen 2, go watch it. It's actually really, really funny. Um, even if you have no kids or no grandkids or anything like that, it's still a good movie, in my opinion. But honestly, schooling is so unknown right now. Students are going back to school this week. Some of them already have started school in some of the school districts. But all, especially our students here in Canby are going back to school this week. And for a lot of them, and actually you know, for all of them, it's going to look so different. You know, we were expecting our students to be able to attend school this fall. We thought last year was just kind of a fluke, and they ended the year, and they were all online. But now we're in the fall again, and students are literally having to do school online. I was talking to my, um, my stepbrother yesterday, who's a uh, middle schooler in Clackamas, and we're, I was asking about his classes, and yeah, he's, he's online from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., and he's just joining different Zoom rooms with other students in him as he's going from class to class. Crazy. Uh, work is different. Family and friends are different right now. You want to hang out with your friends, you got to be like, hey, have you hung out with some dangerous people lately? And by dangerous, we mean like maybe sick. You know, just to see people, you have to like vet them nowadays. Everything is so unknown. And all of these unknowns right now, they are different than they have ever been. Um, I wish almost that I was like raised by a homeschool family so I could be so prepared for this. Like all the homeschool families out there, you guys are like totally ready for this though. You're like, this is nothing. We do this every year. This is great. Um, maybe I'll be a homeschool family. I don't know. Sabrina said no. Never mind. So if you're taking notes this morning though, I have four things that I want to challenge all of us to just be committed to uh, as this season progresses and continues and hopefully comes to a head and an end at some point in the future. Um, but just four things to stay committed to, committing to do. Uh, so if you're taking notes, you can write these things down. Something we say to our students um, ever since I've been here uh, is that note takers are world changers. And if we want to see our world transformed, if we want to see our lives transformed, it's important to remember and meditate on the things God has said to us and choose to remember those things and not, and it's so easy though to forget, like especially I'm preaching a sermon today, six months from now, I mean, I don't know who's going to remember this sermon, but if you write it down, you will. You will remember what God has said to you. You'll be able to look back on it and be reminded of how good God is and how good his word is and what he said to you today. So write some notes, take notes. I'm a big note taker during sermons. We're trying to get our students to do that as well um, so God can continue to be good in their lives. So um, the first thing that um, I want to challenge us um, this morning is to uh, begin with conviction, Begin with conviction. Church, transformation, I just mentioned, like, you know, note-takers are world changers. Transformation happens through us. Transformation begins with conviction. What are we willing to stand up for? What are we willing to challenge? Um, sorry, what are we willing to let go of? And more importantly, like, when are, we, when are we able to just say, like, enough is enough, and we need to make a change? <clears throat> Let's make things better. Something Pastor Ron has been saying a lot of, and actually kind of just said this morning, is that if you don't know where to start or if you're struggling, start with prayer. 
Prayer is the, like the number one thing we can do at any point in the day. You can kind of almost be having a conversation with someone and then also be praying at the same time if you get really good at it. Um, prayer is that one thing we can always go to and always rely on. And no matter how big or how small something is or going on in our lives, we can always go to God. Um, and I, this may sound like an obvious thing, but I feel like it needs to be said from time to time, is that nothing is too big for God. And nothing, more importantly, nothing is too small for God. You know, um, our son Liam, like the things that he prays for at night before bed, we might think are like some of the smallest things, but like it's not too small for God. God loves Liam just as much as he loves any of us, and he cares about the small things going on in his world just as much as he cares about the big things going on in his dad and his mom's world. Um, last night, Liam was thanking God because we told him he gets to go to grandparents' house this morning while mom and dad are at church, and he literally just said, thank God, thank you God for like Papa and Nana and for his dog and Papa and Nana's dog and his uncle Nathan that he gets to play with them the, the next day. Like that's what he had to be thankful for, and that might seem like a small thing, but to God, it's, it's big. God cares about all these tiny details. Church, let's be committed to, to prayer in this season. Be committed to prayer. And, you know, and, and praying so much and loving so well that we just naturally emulate Christ. This is what can be Foursquare is all about. This is what our main thing is. Uh, disciples making disciples. Or in other words, followers of Jesus making more followers of Jesus. Have conviction to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified for us, as Ron has said before as well. Have conviction to know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. Commit to knowing God and making him known by reflecting him in what we do, what we say. Yes, and we'll even go, as Jesus said, even further, in what we think about. This is the most important thing because, like, let's take our thoughts captive, church, and choose love and acceptance and forgiveness over judgment. I'm super guilty of judgment. I'm a, I'm a, I can kind of be a, like, confession, confessions with Ryan here for a second. I can be a pretty judgy person. Um, especially at certain times or certain areas of what I'm doing or where I'm at, I can be pretty judgy. And it's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. Um, and it's something that I need to work on. And, but Timothy Keller said this, and if you've never heard of Timothy Keller, you should read all of his works because they're all so good. Uh, in the end, we love people into belief. We do not argue them into belief. Now is a really easy time for us to have disagreements over different opinions, uh, especially with everything going on in the world. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Do we do this? Do we not do this? Do we go this way or that way? We don't, we don't argue people into belief in Jesus. We love people into belief in Jesus. Have con- let's have conviction in this season to love people well. Despite their opinions or what they do and what they say, we can still love. Uh, our, cultu- our culture today has accepted two huge lies, in my opinion. The first uh, of that being this, is that if you disagree with someone, you must hate them. This is something that is pushed kind of heavily. Like, if you don't agree with someone, then you can't, you can't like them. You have, to, you have to, if you disagree with them, you, have to, you just can't. And the second is this, is that to love someone means that you agree with everything they say, everything they believe, and everything they do. Both of these are just straight nonsense. We do not have to compromise our convictions to be compassionate for other people. We do not have to compromise the things that God has convicted us to be or do or say to be compassionate towards other people. 
When in doubt, church, just listen to the Holy Spirit. We can pray for God's Spirit to speak to us and through us, but let the Spirit convict others and us, and let the Spirit lead you to your own personal convictions. And what you must do in this really strange, unexpected, unique season. And most importantly, let your convictions be your convictions, and please don't force them on other people. Your convictions are yours for a reason. Because God spoke them to you. That doesn't mean they have to be someone else's. The second thing I want us to remain committed to uh, in this season is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Remain calm. I know, right? This is easier said than done. Uh, much easier said than done. I realize that because I, I struggle with this again. This is one of my struggles. Um, there are some things that just make me lose my cool. Uh, traffic is one of them. If you've ever been in a car with me, uh, on I-205 around 5 o'clock, going any direction, really, uh, you'll know uh, what, makes, what, what makes me lose my cool. Um, I don't shout profanities, but I do question people's uh, intentions and their ability to drive a car um, or just their decision-making. Traffic, first, I, I can't, I'm working on it. My Sabrina's really good at just like putting her hand on my lap when things, there's nothing I can do about it, but I'm still upset about it anyways. The other thing, this is going to seem really tiny, but like when someone takes one of my french fries without asking, kind of, it just makes me lose my cool. Because you, you all get it. French fries are delicious. Tater tots are good, but french fries are delicious. Like, but it's when someone reach, reaches onto my plate, takes a fry, and then just sticks it in their mouth and doesn't say a word to me, that's probably one of the most offensive things you can do. And I know this is tiny and shouldn't be important, but it is to me. Because you're basically stealing. That's what you're doing. Uh, I've learned to let Sabrina do it without saying anything and Liam do it without saying anything. Because I've just, it's become a given. If I have french fries, my son's going to get half of them. Um, and I'm okay with that now. But if you're not related to me, please ask. That's all I'm saying. Just please ask. It's polite. Choose peace over fear in this season, church. Choose peace over frustration. I'm having to work my own way through this, and I know we're, we're probably all doing this, but choose peace right now. Um, and church, peace, is, peace does not mean that you will not have any problems. Peace does not mean that you will not have problems. Peace means that your problems will not have you. We're all going to still probably have some problems in our lives, but we can choose to have peace and not let those problems rule over us. Like we read in Joshua just earlier, the Ark of the Covenant was always at the front of the camp in the march of God's people. This is so people of Israel could see and know God had already gone before them and that God had already been through the road they were about to travel and had made a way for them. We can choose to see and know that God has gone before us. If God did it in the past, he can do it again today. If we can have faith that God has gone before us, that we know that the stage church has been set for the miraculous to happen. If we can know that God has gone before us, the stage is set for the miraculous to happen. All we must do is step into the light that, and let God do the miraculous in our lives. If you uh, continue reading in John, or Joshua chapter 3 and even into 4, you'll see that God went before the camp of Israel, and when they saw the ark move, they were supposed to get up and follow it, 2,000 cubits and stuff, you know, stay back, but 
in Joshua chapter 3, we see the Ark of the Covenant moves and the people start to follow it and they come to the Jordan River. And as soon as the Ark reaches the Jordan River, the, the water parts. Just like at the Red Sea, when the Israelites walked through on dry land to escape Egypt, God parts the river and the people walk through it on dry land. And then the Ark crosses over it behind them and then the waters come back. But the ark had gone before them and set the stage. God had God's presence, you know, how it used to be. God rested there with the ark and with the people had gone before them and set the stage for something miraculous to happen. Fording that river with that many people would have been a very difficult process for the whole camp of Israel to do. But God went before them and he prepared a way for them and he made something miraculous happen. I'm not expecting God to part any rivers for me, that I'm, I'm coming up to, but spiritually and metaphorically, God's gone before me. And when there's something hard or stressful or crazy in my life, I know God's already there ready to part it and give me safe passage through it. It might not be easy, but my problems don't have to have me. <clears throat> Psalm, verse 20, or Psalm chapter 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord God. And we can make this verse a little bit more modern, right? Because some trust in phones, in computers, to solve all their problems, to make life easier, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in money and power to make their lives easier, but we choose to trust in the name of the Lord our God. We can remain calm because our trust is in the God who does the unexpected, miraculous things that no one else saw coming. I mean, Jesus's first miracle was at a wedding turning water into wine, I don't think anyone expected that that's what the Son of God's first, like, big thing was going to be. It was unexpected. No one saw it coming. Even his disciples didn't see it coming. The master of the feast didn't see it coming. But Jesus chose to do something unexpected to announce his presence. Something as small as turning water into wine, but brought power and authority to his name. The third thing we can do in this season, church, is just to remain connected. You know, begin, start with some conviction, know what God, who God's called you to be, stay calm, and then just remain connected. Let's make the choice to um, just be in connection. We have small groups going, uh, happening online right now. We even have some more small groups uh, starting up soon. These, there are ways to stay connected right now and make that commitment to stay in relationship today, church. And of course, it's important to be in a relationship with our friends and our family and all these coworkers and such outside of church. But what I mean this morning is remain connected to the church and the body of Christ. Unity in the body of Christ is just as crucial today as it has ever been. We have, you know, relationally stay connected with small groups, with your church friends, with your church family. Reach out to people. Let people know you're praying for them. When someone tells me, oh, hey, I prayed for you today, I get like the, just the best feeling in my chest. The, the thought of having someone else thinking of me and going to God because they want to think of me makes me feel so good. If you're praying for someone, let them know. It's, you're not bragging. You're not, you know, saying, look at me, look how great I am. You're just saying, hey, like, I've thought of you, and I want you to know that someone is thinking of you, especially in the seasons right now where isolation is so dangerous. You know, we have, we can say connect organizationally, like the church leadership here. I know Ron gets tons of emails from you each week, lots of good things, some interesting things. 
um, Mark too and Chris. And if you need someone that you want to email or talk to, you can email me as well. Like I, like I said earlier, I would love to meet all the people in this church I haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. The leadership is here. The leadership of this church is here for every single person, even the people who don't attend here. You know, we're trying to figure out how we can bless this community in a really, really positive, deep, meaningful way right now. We're here. You have access to us. We have emails. Go on our website and you can click on our little name and you can just send an email straight to us. We want to hear from you. We want to be able to lead well and love well too. Church, we are the church, not a church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14 say, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many, many parts. Commit to being a part of the body of Christ and commit to being part of this body of Christ. Isolation right now is our present, is our present danger. When we are left with our thoughts and no one to love us through them, uh, we linger in a really dangerous place. I think this is why, like, God has made us relational beings to want and thrive for someone else in our life. Like, this is why, you know, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and they become one flesh. Because if I did not have Sabrina the last six years of my life, I don't know where I would be. I'm my own biggest critic. I'll tell you this right now. Like, I'm a very big love, like, words of affirmation person and people speaking, like, good things in my life. But I'm also, like, just so harsh on myself um, and I'll say things out loud, and Sabrina will, like, metaphorically, and not, she's never literally, but, like, just slap me across the face and, like, be like, no, that's not true. We all kind of need someone in our life to tell us, like, that lie is not true sometimes. Commit to remaining connected in this season. And lastly, church, as we wrap up this morning, remain on course. I was going to put stay on course, but I've been saying remain all morning, so remain on course sounded better to me. Sometimes being still and listening will be the hardest thing we have to do. Do it anyways, especially, especially when it's hardest. When we're, um, the road in front of us, church, is going to be a process. It already is a process. Things have already and will continue to, get, to probably get harder than they already are. But what we can do is be passionate about our commitment to Jesus and his call in our life. <clears throat> Uh, I have this funny story that I'm going to tell because I have time. I put it in my notes, tell if you have time, and I do. Um, I grew up, if you, if you must know, like the Eggly family, um, we're all very competitive. We're all very outspoken too, kind of. Um, and if you tell us we can't do something, we are going to do our heart, our attempt our hardest to actually do it. Um, if you tell us we shouldn't do something, we're going to probably do it. Um, fun fact about my brother Chase, all I have to do to get, if I want him to do something that I think is dangerous or that I think he should try before me is say, you can't do that. And then he always gets this look in his eye like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, there was this one time, never mind, I'm not going to go two stories. One, one story, Ryan, one story. But we were, we, uh, we were a very outdoorsy family. Like, we like to do a lot of cool stuff. So, like, we raft the river, uh, the Clackamas River a lot. We, we grew up riding dirt bikes and mountain bikes and all this kind of stuff. And we were rafting the river one time, and we always put in right before Carver Boat Launch because we didn't want to pay for it to park there. 
and there is literally the first like set of like rapids you come to right there, there's this, it kind of, it's, it's, it's not that bad, but there's one that has this rock kind of off to the left of it. And we all knew uh, not to get close to it because it's one of those rocks where like the water is like literally washing over it and then occasionally like gets sucked down and goes down and around it. And like we'd all been rafting for years now and we knew like if you hit that or bump into it, you could get sucked down. Uh, and my dad, for some reason, thought he had to remind us this time again, like, hey, watch out for that first rock, remember? And I was like, I'm going to get as close to that rock as I can get. And luckily, like, I was alone. I had my own raft, and so no one was in it with me. But we, we started going, and I went first. And, like, I tried to be competitive and be like, watch this, guys. And I get into it, and I get as close to that rock as I can get. I can get. And let me tell you, I hit it. Um, and this is why we don't hit it, because I got stuck. And when I got stuck, I literally, like, felt the boat was touching the rock, and it was starting to tilt and go under, like, being going to be pulled under. And I literally thought, like, this is it. This is how I go. I'm only, like, 18, 19 years old, but this is it. Uh, but, like, something kind of happened, and, like, I think I pushed off of it with an oar, and then my brother happened to hit me at the same time, and, it, like, popped me out or something. He likes to say it's, like, I think he probably would say it's his fault, like or he saved my life, but. But like I chose not to just like remain on course. I chose not to like take the way I knew was right. I chose to take the more dangerous route. I chose to manipulate everything to get me as close to this rock that I knew I shouldn't as possible. And I, I just I chose to to not remain on the course. Remain on course, church. Now is not the time to go to the left or the right. Now is not the time to attempt to do things on our own strength. And now is not the time to get prideful and think we can do it on our own and we don't need God's help. First Timothy verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7 says, So the Spirit of, that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God has given us power, church. He's given us that ability to love, and he's given us self-discipline, and another way of saying that, just self-control. It'd be really, it's really easy right now to let go of the self-control and that self-discipline and just do exactly what you, we think is right, or what we think we should say, how we think we should respond to the world climate right now. I mean, let me encourage you, take a moment, like we tell our three-year-old, take a breath, breathe, Ask God how you should respond and respond the way you think God would. Because it's so easy nowadays to see something on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, TikTok, and respond immediately by sending that something, a message to someone that doesn't agree with you um, and you don't know how you're going to hurt that person. If you need help remaining on course, consider, I'm going to say it again, consider joining a small group. You can contact Pastor Mark Smith about joining a small group that fits your interests uh, your schedule, even your age and your gender. Like, we've got it all. Come on, come on. Like, we're like the Costco of small groups. Or consider starting up your own small group. Well, that be a, let that be a challenge. Let that sink in with some of your own friends and your own families and be okay with being held accountable. Be okay with being a little uncomfortable right now. We are better together, church, and we can grow together. But committed to staying, be committed to staying on course. And on course, what that means is that be committed to growing your faith. Don't sit stagnant right now. That, that's the easy choice. Church, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Choose to look to God right now. 
God knows where you should go. As much as we think we know where we should go, if we haven't asked God, it's, we're probably not going in the right direction. Now is not the time for judgment and division and isolation, church. Now is the time for love, for acceptance, and forgiveness. Don't let differing opinions stop you from loving someone. And more importantly, don't let your differing opinions stop you from loving someone to Jesus. Remain on course, church. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we pray for your church this morning. We pray for your capital C church, the church across the nation, across the world, Lord, that you would continue to use us and use your name mightily. And God, that it would be glorified among people, Lord, and not sustained or put down among people. Lord, we pray for this church, Lord, and for unity, God, that you would keep us together, Lord, that you would keep us loving people well, you'd keep us loving each other more importantly, most importantly well, Lord. God, that you would speak to us and lead us in this time. I pray that we would look to you. We would keep you in front of us, Lord. See the direction that you're leading us and have the faith to know that when we follow you, God, that we are going in the right direction, that you are faithful to lead us to where the miraculous is going to happen in our lives and the lives of people around us, Lord. I pray that we would stay committed to you in this season. God, help those who need to be calm, be calm. Help those who need more conviction to have more conviction. God, help those who need to remain on course to stay straight. God, I pray that you would just direct all of us um, personally this morning, Lord, and as a church, as you lead us through this process. And I pray that you would encourage us. And God, just give us um, a little bit of extra rest too, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503 266 4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.